Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on Vulnerable, I get the opportunity to speak with Monica Padman and Liz Plank. Together, they co-host Racing to 35, a new podcast where they document freezing their eggs together. It's a really impactful and important piece of work that I'm excited to be tuning into. Also, Liz is a best-selling author, journalist, gender expert, and... Miss Monica Padman is the producer of Armchair Experts. So today we will dig into many, many things on Vulnerable. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is the Vulnerable Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I miss you, Liz. I know. I'm just like, I'm like... I mean, we love you, Christy, and That's we're okay. so excited you to be joining our, our, our little... Yeah, I was like, this is just going to be like a hangout. It's going to be so fun. Yes. Oh, good. That's obviously that's what the people want. You guys know what a podcast is, right? I just want to make sure mm, it's I where know, there's a... I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm obviously the... Uh, I'm the rookie here. Monica and Liz uh, have entered the chat here at Vulnerable, and I mean, I'm blown away that I get to chat with you. I'm fangirling, truly. Oh, <laughs> us too. No, you're doing amazing Liz, Liz stuff. deserves it. That's not true, Monica. You absolutely, we all deserve it, damn it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I'll take that. That's you're right. right. <laughs> Everyone take compliments. Yeah. Women don't, don't take compliments. It's like that Amy Schumer sketch, uh, sketch where they all just like, they're like, I'm the largest piece of shit that's ever, you know, <laughs> inhabited the planet. So yeah, Monica's amazing, Christy's amazing, Liz is amazing. <laughs> Women are crushing it. It's oh true. my god, I'm here for all of this and I'm here for you guys. So where are you guys then? You guys are not in the same space. It looks like Liz, you're back in New York or are you in Chicago? No, to my chagrin, I am not with Monica. So Monica's in, is still in LA and I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. Where I uh-huh. live. Yeah. <laughs> she put quotes. Remember, this is a podcast, Liz. Remember? <laughs> I mean, I do live here. I know, I do live here. Let's get off, like, running in terms of the newest podcast that you have because there's millions of things that you guys have and have done. So many amazing accomplishments and topics that you guys are literally masters at. So you have the newest podcast that you guys have. Is that in studio? Like, let's uh, let's chat about it. Yeah. Monica, do you want to start? Sure. So the new podcast is called Race to 35. It's a fertility podcast. Uh, Yes, Liz came to LA. Uh, She left her 
home in Brooklyn. And <laughs> what is with the quotations? <laughs> because I'm getting, I want her to move here. Uh, I see. So that's not. So her it's like home. Voldemort. Brooklyn is now Voldemort. Like that's we don't speak right. about Brooklyn. We don't talk about. It's Bruno. B. Um, <laughs> we don't yeah. talk about Brooklyn. <laughs> Yeah, so she came to LA and she stayed and we froze her eggs at the same time and we recorded every day of the process and we Mm -hmm. talked about how we were feeling throughout, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that evolution and also we talked to experts (laughs) and people who've had interesting fertility stories. So it's kind of this amalgamation of all things fertility and it was quite a ride. Uh, We did record it in the attic where we record Armchair Expert because this is under our Armchair umbrella, our production company. That's right. um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, we recorded in the attic and we did some Zoom. We did some in person. We did all of our stuff in person. We did everything in person. We did each other's shots. Well, I did Liz's shots and she stood there (laughs) while I did my own. Yeah, I didn't do any shots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, I did all the shots. Oh my gosh, Liz, I am editing our first episode right now. That's what I was just doing up until oh. we got on here, hence my hair. And it is like, woo, it's a ride. It's a ride? What do you mean? It's weird to go back yeah, and and I hear think. us then. Because, you know, the first episode is the day we do our first shots. And um, my best friend, okay. Callie, joins on that episode. She had already done it. She'd already frozen. Wait, so friends. Liz is not your best friend? I don't know. I don't know. It's a tear. As Mindy <laughs> Kaling says, best friend is a tear, not a person. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Liz is a it's, course uh, I guess that. a tear. Yes. No, but that's actually <laughs> funny you bring that up because Liz and I had met twice before we did this. It, we weren't mm-hmm. best friends. We are now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, we, we like really went from zero to 100 in, and you know, we, we went straight to the sweatpants phase, right? Of like friendship where you're, you're just like seeing each other in kind of your worst, uh, your best, your, you know, authentically how you are feeling in the moment and talk, talking about period, uh, you know, stains and poop and like, you know, just like, uh, you know, blood and, and guts and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that will, yeah, if you're looking to fast forward a friendship. You trigger warning. Yes. <laughs> for the friendship. Just talk about, talk about poop. I think is yes. actually, you don't have to freeze your eggs um, because it, it does <laughs> impact your bowel movements. That was one thing that I didn't it think does. was going to happen. But obviously your follicles and, you know, the eggs getting so big uh, can and and you're taking hormones, you're taking so many things. So it does, you know, have have some prunes on deck just in case. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and I wonder if that's why moms are so interconnected too, because they typically mm. go through a lot of that same bodily sort of elimination and a lot of yes. stress on their bodies. And it kind of does really tether you to one another almost immediately. I am curious, yeah. did you guys kind of listen to each other's work prior to meeting, which may have contributed to your shorthand. Yeah, Liz was on Armchair. She was a guest. That's how we met. There you go. Okay, got yeah. it. Got it. We we at Armchair are big fans of Liz and love her work. And then, right. I, you know, follow each other on Instagram. So keep up with her that way. And we would text every now and then. But no, yeah, it, it definitely skyrocketed us. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been stalking Liz too. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I stalked the both of you. So um, get ready. But I, yes, I was a, a Monica Patman stalker as well. Uh, there's a whole, mm-hmm. you know, big group of us uh, out there across the country and the world. So so uh, Armchair was like 
the number one, like my friend Ashley at the time, like she, she was like, make a list of all the podcast, like the podcast you want to go on. And I remember being like, well, obviously armchair is the number one. I, I actually, at the time I was like, I'm not even going to put it on the list. Cause I know I won't, it won't. And, and she was like, no, put it on the list, you know, manifest your dreams. Uh, and mm. so, uh, when they, you know, Monica actually reached out, uh, I, I just kind of, yeah. I mean, I really thought I was like dreaming and it was such a, yeah, it was such a cool opportunity to get to, to go on, on their podcast. Cause I was, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm still a huge fan. It's like fun to become friends with, with people you're fangirling, you know? I agree. That's uh, hopefully currently happening for me right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. This is, we're fast forwarding friendships. When you talk this is about great. poop, it's going to be wild. I will yeah. absolutely <laughs> tell you about what it was like to poop on the table after having the baby. You know, like that stuff. We're live. I have an open, an open butt. Yeah. An open butt for you guys. <laughs> open um, butt. <laughs> <laughs> an open butt, an open heart, whatever you need. Okay, so you were saying that it was sort of almost like a time capsule in in editing this first episode. What more about that? I mean, do you, how did you guys really feel like you grew overall? Not only in your friendship, it seems like you guys are probably tighter now than before, but just in general, what what are your takeaways from this entire journey? I think it taught us about strength. I mean, at the beginning, like in this, in this first episode that I'm editing, I'm remembering how anxious we were and how it really felt like a mountain. Like it was like, okay. And we're really taking it day by day. And it was like, okay, we have 10 days of this. This is tough. And then, Mm. you know, you get through it. You do get through, we, you know, we joke, there's, there's a, um, my my friend sent a little video of her kid saying, you can do hard things. And it's like really cute and Aww. adorable. And it was like so heartwarming. But we kept like saying that in, in the little kid <laughs> voice. And it it is true. Aww. It is really true. And yeah. I think that was a bit, for me, that was a big takeaway. Yeah. You know, generally, I think both of us uh, realizing the strength of our, of, of the female body and, and just like of what, it, it, the female body is capable of was like a real again I I know w- women can get pregnant I'm aware uh, of the birthing process and how life is created but I guess I had never had you know any experience I've never I've never been pregnant and obviously the mm-hmm. freezing your eggs doesn't make you pregnant but it <laughs> will like make you have the lifestyle of a pregnant person uh, in, in in many respects and once I am mm-hmm. pregnant I'll probably like laugh at the fact that I'm comparing those two things but no it's it's like the shots are every day at the same time you right. you know depending on what your doctor is recommending there's a certain mm-hmm. diet that you you know should be following you know you're not supposed to exercise like your concern and and attention is is around um, something that's growing inside of you and that you have to care for. And so, yeah, f- for me, it like awakened, I don't know, not my maternal instinct. Like, I don't even know if that's a real thing, but my parenting instinct and, and sort of what's possible for my body to do that's like so cool and beyond, especially living in a patriarchal society. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Women are constantly being told that we're, you know, the weaker gender in all kinds of different ways. And uh, yeah, going through something like that, you know, I'm sure becoming a mother, I, I know becoming, you know, so many women will talk about it. It's, it's like an extremely empowering uh, experience, even though we treat like moms like crap. You know, I think that happens for a reason, right? Like people are afraid of what the female body can do because what it can do is like unstoppable, Magic. you know, and incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like the divine feminine really awakens in you even from conception and, and, and you guys are in those nascent stages of that conception process, you know? And I mean, a lot mm. of people are moving from the fertility shot straight to conception with their partners and then immediately yeah. that's all starting. So like you were just talking about tears, it's like the tears yeah. of that motherhood journey. And even for people who are taking the fertility drugs and then they never actually end up getting pregnant, yep. they are still in that journey with their bodies and everything. Mm -hmm. And again, like you were talking about, just as a side note with the the patriarchal thing, like I do, I, I'm on board with everything that you've ever said about <laughs> them. <laughs> Love them, but they're a little <laughs> dumb. They need to catch up. Yeah. Is that concept of like, you know, um, you know, every month, you know, you get, you get new eggs every month. Like, what's the big deal? Like, who cares about the eggs? You'll get more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much that no one, that I can't even really put it necessarily on men, but because there was so much we didn't know about our own bodies that we learned oh, through this true. process. We didn't know anything. Yeah. We didn't know about what follicles were. We were like, what is that? Is that different from eggs? Is it the same thing? Like, we did, we learned technically, we learned so much stuff throughout this whole process. Mm -hmm. It was like a crash course. And I also think what I only can see in retrospect is it was a good lesson in the lack of control that any of us mm -hmm. have over anything. Like, you know, we put yeah. in all this effort and we give a lot of energy and we do our best, but we don't really have control over the outcome. And that's with so many things in life. And it's always mm -hmm. kind of a good reminder, especially for me, because I'm a huge control freak. So anytime I can put myself <laughs> in the position to be reminded, oh, actually, you don't have any control is good. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. do hard things, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or in the kid voice or the kid voice. Let me try the kid voice. You can do hard things. That, that was good. Really close. That was really good. That was really good. <laughs> Not it. Not it. I really recommend. I, I mean, it really helped. Monica, like, no jokes, because again, the, the shots were not a big deal to Monica because she's way uh, stronger than me. But I like mm -hmm. every day it was like a, a real, you know, it, it just if I have one shot, like even like this COVID booster, I'm like thinking about it every day. I'm like, I got to go do the COVID booster. And it like it really uh, it, if anyone has a fear of needles, it, it will re it's, it's, it's a real thing. Um, and so, anxiety. yeah, yeah, the anxiety of it and the whole you know, in a way, the anticipation can be, you know, worse too. But anyway, so it really helped. We can do hard things. Saying it in a funny <laughs> kid voice. I just recommend it. I feel like I should keep doing it in other things. I, I, yeah, it really, yeah, it, it is true. And it kind of calms you down, you know? Well, and honestly, who's more empowered than like a little kid? Like they don't know that there's any limitations. They are not right. fearful. Yeah. Like they're, they are told over time that, that mm -hmm. this equals failure and that this is what failure looks like. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, I, they are fascinating creatures to watch. That is for sure. Yeah. Little girls yeah, are, are, you know, yeah, especially incredible. I have two girls. Okay. Wow. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and mm -hmm. I live in Texas. 
I live in Austin, Texas. Wow. And yeah, it's been a ride. You know, I've lived here for two years and Austin is an amazing city. But for me, it's been very challenging to sort of be a mother and sort of live here with everything that's been going on. Yeah. I, at one point, I did I did want to leave. You know, like at one point, I actually fell into a deep depression after Roe, but I kind of came out of that. And my, you know, every, like everyone, my husband was like dodging me for like at least a week, week yeah. and a half. And then he was like, what can I do? You know, like all of that. Uh, but uh, I think now we're a couple months out. And it's hard. It's hard to continue to feel like you want to show up and be a part of the bigger conversation for the women that may not understand that their rights were taken. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of women here that are voting against their against their own best interest. And so it is uh, an interesting time to be living here. I will just say that much. That would be very hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, to bring it back to, to fertility, like these laws, many of them uh, could impact IVF and are impacting fertility treatments. And even like there's some, you know, uh, experts who are saying we don't know if this would affect egg freezing and really kind of, especially if you, you know, Monica and I did it in the way where we just froze the eggs. Later, they'll sprinkle some sperm on them if we choose to, to go that route. But many women uh, will freeze embryos. And that is under threat, you know, uh, in a in a mm -hmm. world where the government is is making these decisions for families. So, for me, it was an interesting uh, sort of again empowering, like fuck you, <laughs> to kind of do this. You realize how powerful your your body is, and you're like, oh, that's why they're mm -hmm. trying to trying to take it away. Not that they should, but yeah. Like you were saying, there's this weird dichotomy of how you're so in control of the choice, right? But that you are are also in uh, out of control of the whatever comes out of that, right? Yeah. How are you dealing with that? Because it's so tr especially Austin. I was thinking that because I was there earlier this year, and I love it there so much. My friend David Ferrier is there currently, right this very second. Oh, he is cool. But I love it, and it's so progressive, and it's so liberal, and it's so fun. But it sits in the middle of this state that is not. And I, I've been wondering, like, if I lived here, would I have to move? I mean, it's a hard thing to balance. <laughs> but also, I also want people who are like-minded to move to Texas, you know, to move to these places to sort well, of balance yeah. out. It's one of those weird, yeah. um, complex situations, I guess, questions. Well, so I actually kept the Austin Chronicle, which is like our voice magazine, and I kept it when it when it had the Roe v. Wade uh, edition come out, and I kept it for my girls, and it's in my little, you know, time capsule closet for them, which is really just me hoarding shit. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I have it because it means a lot to me to have been here, you know, to be present. Yeah. And, you know, we within like a couple month period, we also had Uvalde. And, mm -hmm. you know, as a parent, there's so many mm -hmm. things that have taken a hit for me in my own backyard, quite literally, yeah. you know. And so it has been difficult. But there, what I will tell you about Austin in particular is that community exists here where it doesn't in other places. I've lived, you know, in New England. I've lived in Brooklyn. I've lived in, you know, West Hollywood, Orange County, you name it. I've lived a lot of different places. But Austin, like after the storm, because we had that crazy storm last year, mm -hmm. 
or even a year and a half ago. I don't even fucking know time. I moved in November. I was without power in February and seeing my breath and, you know, and my kids were like, you know, people were getting hypothermic and children were coming in from playing and a couple of them passed away. So it was FEMA level bad. But people didn't really understand it. They were like, oh, Texas had a snowstorm. It was like, no, we were, our grid's down. We were not prepared for this. This is literally like apocalyptic. The HEB, which is like our big grocery store, they literally took all the food that was going to go bad and they gave it to the community. People wow. like in my neighborhood in particular were, cho- were using their wood and like distributing wood for people to burn, you know, and, and to keep warm. I got saved by someone from my Facebook post um, that was an RA of mine in college. I went to Barnard and she was my RA and I hadn't talked to her since I was 18 in a hot mess. And, you know, <laughs> next thing I know, her husband's coming with a Yukon and like taking us out to an, a, an Airbnb that couldn't be rented. And so oh, we wow. were saved. And so I experienced a level of community that I'd never seen before, which is what Austin truly is. And people coexist here. Even in the midst of all this tragedy and confusion and chaos, people are coexisting and it's kind of really interesting to see and to live into this weird intersectional, like very strange, yeah. very strange, but positive for the most part, positive. Good. And it, it, didn't you have like a, mun- a municipal, like the, didn't they try and protect Roe in Austin, like with municipal laws? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think, you know, there people have been creative. I venture to say that they probably did. When I first right. came to Austin, I had a pregnancy scare. And uh, I had to find something that resembled a Planned Parenthood. And I called a couple doctors because I didn't have a primary care person. And I would have been, you know, extremely... This was talking like I just... I needed to explain... Like I needed a pregnancy test, right? Like that's all I wanted. Turns out, spoiler alert, I was not pregnant. I was just being responsible and trying to figure out what was going on. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have two children and I wanted to figure out what my options were in general. So no one get heated about this, please. But <laughs> I, I, I found a place, right? And this was truly my first experience coming from California and, like I said, New York. And I was laugh. I was basically, like, edged off the phone by two different doctors and then I finally found a place and it was a very different experience. And it was, in a, it was a very scary kind of like, you know, double doors, double door, double door, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I'm just looking for a pregnancy test. Oh, my God. And then when I was negative, they looked at me like I was there for the wrong reason. They were like, why are you, why are you here if you're negative kind of thing, right? Like, they were like, is she a spy kind of? It felt like the tone oh. of it was just... Um, yeah, you know, and and when you're in your early 20s going to Planned Parenthoods, it w- it was a refuge. It was a place where you could go to know that there was there was a, a community for you there, right? But in this regard, it was a very different experience. So hmm. that's an exclusive, guys. Here you go. Yeah. Open butt. Now an open uh, <laughs> heart. <laughs> open doctors. Open heart. Yes. Whatever. 
But it's like, it's, it's, all these things should just not be, you know, like this complicated and, and this controversial. And yeah, I just feel, it, it just yeah. is such a shame. Yeah, it's so loaded, yeah. right? In, in all these different ways when, I don't know, there's just so, so, so much more important things to be thinking about and like spending and more attention on, you know, than. There truly, there truly about. is. And in terms of like your podcast, why now? Why do you feel? Because everything that you ladies do is serving a greater purpose, not in just terms of gender, but also just in educating people about what, like what you're saying, what is important. So like, why now with the podcast? I mean, if I'm going to just be super honest, I want to give you like a lofty answer about like this time in history, but really it's that I was turning 35. (laughs) It was, and that's the number. That's the age that they tell you, like do it by then. And I knew that. I knew that number for a long time. And I've been like, okay, like I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then, you know, it's 2022. And I was like, Oh my God, it's this is the year I turned 35. Ah, I have to figure this out. And then I asked if Liz was considering doing the same thing. And so we did it. So yeah, so no, it, it happened to be wow. fairly timely. <laughs> although, uh, unfortunately, I think anything that has to do with the female body or women's rights or anything in that realm is timely because we have not overcome any of these issues or we, you know, it's two steps forward, one step back. And so we're always in it. So it's kind of always the perfect time to be talking about women's bodies, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I also turned 35 this year. It was total serendipity that Monica reached out to me like three days after I decided that I was going to freeze my eggs. Like, like, I actually think it was five. Like, the exact amount of days that I'd made this decision was, like, five days. And then Monica just texts me out of the blue, like, are you freezing your eggs? I was like, how do you know? Where are you? I'm in Turks and Caicos. Like, are you, like, you're in my head? Like, I think it was, you know, yes, it, it was just, like, logistics, I guess, that led to this. Or, or you know, Monica say, like, I, I turned 35. But I think there was something, like, the uni- there was something magical about it. Like, it's soup. It's kind of weird. The sim. Exactly. It's part of the simulation. It was always meant to happen this way. And and yeah, like I, I truly, I'm serious. And I don't know if Monica, you feel this way, but I don't want to speak for you. But like th- freezing my eggs has fundamentally like changed me and, and has like not just changed my life, but I, I feel like my, my brain is wired in a different way. Or like there were just neural pathways, like new ones that I, that, that have been formed or, or, or maybe old cool. ones I wasn't using. I, I don't really know, but, um, yeah, it, it was a really profound experience. It, it's not a small thing to do, Mm-mm. you know, j- just again, the logistics of it are a lot. And so you're thinking about it a lot. Yeah. I don't know about you, Monica, but yeah, I, I feel, I don't feel like a different person, but I feel like it, it was a, a real life experience. Uh, definitely. I agree. Mon, I just heard from you, and I just called you Mon, like we're friends. Can are we cool like that? Can I call you Mon? Yeah, please. <laughs> I, we're I, there. I think this is my like my my like the shittiest trait I have is I'm like, oh hey D, oh hey this person. No, it's like I've never nice. met. Okay. <laughs> I just heard you on Chelsea's uh, podcast, uh, and you were saying that her. you may not. I love it, but you were saying you may not use your eggs. Yeah, that was before I froze. We did the process, but still, yeah. Oh, okay. Th- I don't know. I mean, it's it was there. I did this for insurance. I did not do it as a. I am a hundred percent using these. I haven't even ruled out that I want to get 
or try to get pregnant naturally. I mean, any of, or that I'm going to get pregnant at all or want kids. Like it's still very up in the air for me as to what I want, but I did know that I wanted some insurance in the bank in case I need it. You know, I've never been a person that's like, I meant to have children. Some people are like that. They're like that when they're very young. They know that they want that. Their instinct is very strong. And mine never has been. I've always been like, maybe. And then some days I'm like, I really do. And then some days I'm like, actually, I really don't. I really like my single life or my, you know, Mm -hmm. quote, selfish life or independent life is what I would like to say. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so so I don't know. I still don't know. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And that's perfect. By the way... 35? What a shitty thing for them to call it. They call it a geriatric pregnancy. I know. It's insane. I know. Can we please return that? Like, can we please, like, a like? can we return that as something? I don't know what, like, unicorn pregnancy? Like, something amazing and empowering and, like... I like yeah. that. I think unicorn is a perfect... I think it's a medically <laughs> accurate, too. And, and you know, we, we say this on the podcast, but, like... If they're going to call, like, the pregnancy geriatric, they should call the ejaculation geriatric. If a guy's over Mm -hmm. the age of 35, it should be geriatric ejaculation. Then I'm okay with it. Then I'm okay. I'm okay if ageism goes both ways. Fair enough. We tried to make it into, like, a fun one-word, like, geriaculation or something like we we tried we didn't really get there but (laughs) anyone has any ideas I think we should coin it and then and then we should just use it in conversation like as much as possible and then it'll it'll you know normalize it yeah yeah no that's so funny it's funny how you were saying like 35 because I remember when I was living in LA and being part of the uh the f-boy uh, era of high nightclub and all the crazy, mm. you know, mid 2000s bullshit feminism that was just almost non-existent. I remember talking to some guy, right? And this guy was like, oh, you're turning 26. Another year, we're going to have to throw you back in the water. Oh, my God. And <laughs> it really, it, I'll never forget it, obviously, because this guy was like, you know, king of the uh, geriatric ejaculation. Ugh. Of course. Juvenile ejaculation, sounds like. (laughs) And I was like, but it's so rare that you actually get somebody with the audacity to speak to you with their inner thoughts, you know, that should (laughs) stay in there. But for them to actually reveal themselves to you about how some men see women's age and their bodies and stuff like that. And so I'm, I, the title of your podcast really harkens that moment for me mm. where I was never fully aware of my age at 26, yeah. much less than when I was 34 and I was pregnant and they told me, oh, yeah, this is a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. They really like to remind you <laughs> that you're too old to be doing this. And I mean, look, I, there's also some there's some evolutionary truth to it like there is truth to the fact that your eggs do you know there's a a drop off that's real uh but that doesn't mean like the moment after you turn 35 you're like yeah should go be thrown in a dumpster or something and why do you think that is guys honestly why do you think that i'm truly talking about men who aren't as open-minded but i'm not talking about all men right and i also think that there are some women who are a bit ignorant and judgmental as well about oh, yeah. women who are 40 that are having babies you know i see some creators on tiktok who are 40 and having babies and 
they have to stick up for themselves for the choice that they had for you know other women you know speaking on them and all that stuff so it, there's the pick me girls you know of every age and mm-hmm. and persuasion but yeah yeah what are they saying? What's their what's their debate? Yeah, what's like, the, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, why is it your it, like? What, what's wrong? What? How is this causing you anything? Yes, I think that the the concept is you waited too long, and uh, you're selfish, right? Mm-hmm. You're selfish for have waiting that long to live your life, right? And then. Now, even though you seem like a really great involved parent who like loves being a parent, right? You're not, you're going to be so old mm. by the time you're, you know, when the kid really needs you or whatever. Like you're not, it, it's just that it's ageism really is what it yeah. is. And it's kind of shitty to see. You know, what makes you you angry about a woman, you know, waiting until she's ready to have a baby? So the fact that she has like the right level of education that she wants? Is it that she has the right level of income that she wants to provide for this kid, right? Like, like what worse indicator that means absolutely nothing uh, than age, right? When it comes to determining when it's the right time to bring a child in, into the world. There, there are so many other more important parameters, I guess, of, of what's going on in your life other than your age that matters so much more than how old you are. I, I'm so happy I waited uh, to have children and because, you know, I'm building so many things in, in my life that are going to create the right ecosystem to bring a child into the world and make sure that that child is happy and, and as healthy as possible. It's so like let women live, um, I, I feel like is a is a response to like most of the most of the the comments under women's videos. There's always going to be, you know, people who are who are critical. And even in our stuff, like in some of the videos that we've put out about the podcast, I've had I know Monica doesn't read the comments um because mm-hmm. she has a life. Oh, that's good. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, she I know. I tell Monica she should write a, a book. But one of you has to though, right? Like one of you has to. So yeah. Liz is taking I that. Guess it's Liz. I don't read yeah. all of them. I you know, I mean I don't read all of them, but I have noticed a, a definitely a pattern of of a lot of men. Maybe they're Russian bots, but I think some of them are are real. Where you know that they're saying, Sadly. "Oh, you know, <laughs> oh, it's your fault, right? That that you're in this situation, or you know, if, if you were, um, you know, if if you were more attractive, or if you weren't a feminist, maybe a man would have already, right, like wanted to have a baby with you. As if again, the fact that I'm choosing to have a baby on my own terms oh my is somehow God, about men's decisions when it's about my decision. No, I'm choosing to do this. This isn't about you, right? It's, it's, we're so used to having ideas that really revolve around men and men's perspectives and men's decisions and men's thoughts. And so it, it still boggles the mind, I think, of a lot of people that a woman would uh, make choices based on what's best for her and her children. Okay, yeah. couple things. One, block that person. That is ridiculous. That person <laughs> does more not than get one, to... Mon- Monica. Okay, well, block them all. It's like That's several. so ridiculous. Okay. Okay, well, so it's like three it's... people <laughs> in the world. This is why you can't read comments because you give those people way no. too much weight. But yeah, so uh, that person's an idiot. <laughs> obviously. Also, (laughs) we aren't complaining. Like, we're not like, we have to do this. This is put on us. And oh my God, we're, we're forced to freeze our eggs. Help. Like, no, we're saying we get to do this. This is, this is a very privileged position to be in to get to do it. 
it's an interesting mm-hmm. experience. So we're documenting it and talking about all the feelings and thoughts around it. But like, no, we are not like, this isn't a burden placed on us to freeze our eggs. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. But also, I think going back to the the question, I think part of what's happening when women especially say that, like comment on someone who's 40 and have thoughts about it, uh, criticisms of it I think there's probably a jealousy underneath that that they did sacrifice a lot of their life for children Mm. when they were young because that's what society told them to do it's you know they they played by the rules and we aren't playing by Mm. the rules and so that is a bummer. That can be a bummer because if if you see these like, you know, 35-year-old women who are super successful and gave a lot of their life to themselves, that can probably, I'm sure, instigate a little bit of like, well, I didn't get to do that. And often that gets mm, that comes across as judgment or it's like, well, I didn't get to do that. Why do they get to do that? Now I'm mad at them. You know, I don't like it, but I think that's playing a role. You bring up a really great point that I wanted to kind of address in terms of the pick me like it's 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 very pervasive actually in social media or it's exposed rather in social media because like what you're saying is these these women are triggered and in terms of engagement the way that they're choosing to engagement is by by this projection by pushing this narrative that protected them and kind of yeah. kept them in line rather than y'all that stepped out of line, right? And so they feel unsafe and triggered and that's how they're engaging. This is really good though because on TikTok, people will call a pick-me girl out. You know, there's content being made all the time about pick-me girls and and it's typically it's Wait, the Wait, gen- what is that? Sorry, what is that? I'm not on TikTok. I feel like, yeah, Monica's <laughs> not on TikTok. You, you, I feel like she doesn't that's know okay. what we're going to <laughs> We're going to keep you there, though. You need to know. We're, I'm it's trying a to get her on it. I'm so on it. But what do you think a pick-me girl is, you know? No, yeah, yeah, Monica, what do you think? What do you think it is? Yeah. That's a really good, that's, that's great. Okay. I'm so curious. I think it's a girl who wants, is it a negative thing or a positive thing? I need yes. that context. N- no, it's. It's negative. It's in. It's through the lens of feminism. So it's calling someone a pick me. Okay. So is it someone who's trying to get picked by a guy, and so they're like doing stuff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Help. That's that is true. That's, That's it. it. No, you got you it got right. It. Ding ding ding. Okay. Good job. That'll be on TikTok. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. It's my nightmare. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. I got I got to promote my podcast. Come on, guys. Get um, her on. She's very popular on TikTok. She just doesn't know cuz she's not on it. See? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. at Monica Padman. Oh my gosh. So Liz then you know. So the pick me thing is these girls that basically come on and I think there was that concept of male chauvinist pig. Do you guys remember that in like yeah. That, women's leadership yeah. classes mm-hmm, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There was like a whole book no, about but, it. And also like, you know who the original pick me girl is? Like Phyllis Shafley. Like Phyllis Shafley was a uber conservative white woman who literally was like working. Like she was a working woman in the 1970s and yet led a movement about women being in the home and and like <laughs> against the ERA and against the Equal Rights Amendment and against feminism. Even though she 
was benefiting from feminism directly and and even like campaigning outside of her home like again working woman uh to erase the rights of working women so like pick me girls are not a new phenomenon i love that we have a cool new term for it but women get rewarded for being sexist and the same goes for you know people of color get rewarded for for being you know the black person that white people invite to the party or whatever right it's kind of a tale as old as time and it's really uh, frustrating but at the same time i almost i don't know i just feel bad for those women because you're not actually having getting access to real power exactly what real reward are you getting if the people yeah. that are in are rewarding you are people that are also looking to oppress you in the long yes. term and i think i i think people think i'm a pick me girl a little bit because i talk about men i know that there are women who think that I'm I'm placating men and and what not because I care about men or like I like men. So maybe I am a pick me girl. I'm going to have to think about that. Well, no, I I think the way that you're I I personally don't see it that way. I think that y- involving men into the the conversation is so radical and important. And I mean, yeah. I'll tell you right now and, and I know this is a little off topic on the podcast and fertility and stuff, but I can't not talk about this with you. I was really wrapped up in the white feminism. You know, I'm the voice of Kim Possible. I'm like all these little girls, like role models. And growing up with that, I was like, oh, you know, like I can do anything. I can do anything. Well, of course I can do anything. I'm white and I I have an Ivy League education. And like, I, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I I think that it took me a long time to understand uh, that privilege Mm -hmm. and, and where my version of feminism truly was dismantled by, but it, it, it ate itself. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in, in my opinion, it ate itself because like what I was saying about that guy talking about the ageism thing, the 26 year old throw you in the water. We had to be rewarded within a system of, oh, look how independent I am. Look how sexy I can be. But we got none of the body positivity, you know, and only the exploitation from, you know, from that moment in time. Um, And so, yeah, it's looking back, I'm a little ashamed of millennial feminism, if you want to call it that. I am curious what you guys think of that and and what direction this is all heading. Can we, can we heal from that by, by bringing men into the conversation or talking about our, our fertility and stuff like that? I think so. I think, I mean, I don't think, Look, of course we can look back and be like, ooh, that wasn't great or this wasn't great. But we we can't be too mad at ourselves, right? Because we're living in that moment in time. And you have to be okay with progression and evolution and knowing that society changes and that if you're changing with it, you're, you're on the right path. And I do think that we are slowly, well, in some ways not slowly, but also moving towards something a little bit more equal. And it's just going to take time. I mean, these things take so long. Like, that progress does not happen overnight. And I do think conversations about these things, open conversations, are necessary to grow for everyone. If Liz is a pick-me girl, I'm definitely a pick-me girl. I am not about... like shaming men like it's not gonna work you guys it's not gonna work 
Like shame does not work. The only thing that does is inclusion and patience quite often. Like I think expecting, like telling a guy, hey, that's mansplaining and then that they do it again. It's like, yeah, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again for a while. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to keep saying it. You're going to, you're, it's like when you raise a kid, right? Like you can't just tell them once not to draw on the wall. Like they do, they do, they want to, and they do it and they get something out of it. So it requires patience. And I think we uh, just have to kind of get on board with that. I think sometimes it's a little it can be extreme when it's an all or nothing option on the table. It's like, no, that's just not going to work. I wish it would. seems fast and easy, but yeah. it's just not possible. I think that's the problem with TikTok is that I read somewhere where they said that the best content is where you, you know, do the content, but sprinkle chaos on it, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's 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 chaotic and it's polarizing, which is why you're seeing it on your feed. It's the algorithm, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'm sure it's a little tricky as even for you guys as creators and and authorities on this stuff because you, you where where this visibility is coming from is is a place of sort of unification, you know? Yeah, and, and like, if you're making mistakes, then you're an activist. If you're not making mistakes, like, are you really? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Are you actually, first of all, are you actually living? Right. Like it's no. it, it, I think it goes beyond being being, you know, a, again, a, a good ally or a good activist or whatever you want to call it. Life is, is about making mistakes. And, you know, even this morning, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was walking out. And I was like, why do I want to be why do I want to be a good person? Like, why do I want so why am I so attached to that as a as an identity? I think I, yeah, I, I hadn't texted someone back. Or, anyway, I was like feeling overwhelmed with like, you know, something I hadn't done perfectly or whatever. And then I was like having this anxiety about it. And I was like, what does it matter? Like, like why, why, are you, why are you spending so much time and energy being committed to an idea of yourself that isn't true for you and isn't true for anybody else, right? No one is perfect. I think it's coming from all sides, but I, I, I also think progressives can be born guilty of this, that it, it just turns into virtue signaling, right? And, and it just turns into mm-hmm. proving to everybody else that you're a good person. And, it, and it's like, that's actually also not, that's not activism. <laughs> that's not like right, being right. right of Yeah, what are you actually doing? What are you doing to help? Yes, if you're just thinking about, uh, you know, it basically brings it back so much to yourself. And, and I say this to men too, you know, like your attachment to being a good guy is actually turning you into the bad guy. Like I have been mm-hmm. in relationships with guys who, you know, had read the books and were my book, right? Like had kind of understood it in so so much more depth, I think, than maybe most men. But it almost, you know, gave them this overconfidence that if they did interrupt me or they did, you know, uh, mansplain or, or whatever it is, right? Like that's mm-hmm. still going to be your programming. It's still going to happen. It, it was immediately rejected. And, and in a way, you know, it, it was worse um, than when a guy does it and he, he doesn't think he's a great guy and is like, you know, uh, free of any kind of patriarchal programming. So yeah, I just would, I, I, it's something I have to practice and I have to do too, of just like letting go of this idea that I have to, you know, that I have to be good. Like, you know, it's, it's right. not helpful. Right. Or even consequence for that matter. Like we're all very aware that consequences exist in this cancel culture world that we live in Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. a point where it's like we've stopped talking to each other, which Mm -hmm. by the way, I'm sure that's 
probably why podcasts are so healing for so many people. I mean, 100%. I think so. It's long form, so you can really, like, hear a lot of different sides. It's not 140 characters or whatever it is. Like, you can really – I mean, we say that all the time on Armchair. Like, we all – both of us, Dax and myself, would be canceled if it wasn't for the fact that we – there's context, like, if somebody's like, oh, they said this and pull a line, we're like, well, but listen to the other 20 minutes around it. Like, the, it's a whole conversation. And so we right. we haven't, luckily, knock on wood. Uh, but that's because you can hear a full conversation and it's not just headlines or yeah. clickbait. Right. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I have tried that tactic. Uh, <laughs> I did YouTube videos where I was talking about, oh, how I lost all my money to a psychic and like da-da-da-da. And like... I've done that clip clickbait, although I delivered on the clickbait, right? But yeah. in my sort of like, in sort of my my pick me, I guess that's the theme of today. Um, my pick me passion of trying to get and to build my brand and stuff. I had to sort of go with that, and it did work to a point. But then you get that feedback of people truly not trying to, there's like the camp of people who are just looking at that headline in the first like couple minutes and then like saying something salty versus the kind of community that you really truly want to build are the people that are, are, are really supporting your cause and, and getting to know you and what, and all the things you're going through. So I'm going to be, uh, surely looking to all of your episodes of this. And I want to know like, where can we find it? Like, can you give me the rundown? Yeah, Race to 35, it comes out October 12th. It's a weekly podcast. So that's our, our first episode will air on October 12th. You can get it anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, all of those places. And it's under our armchair umbrella. And we really hope <laughs> that you like it. I mean, it's funny editing it because I've been – I. I've been really struggling to edit it. Like I keep pulling it up and I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. Like I don't want to do it. I don't want, I really have not wanted to revisit it, which is strange. And then really? I think about it. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like what, what is my block? Like unpack it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what is, I have a block up about this and why. And I think it's because the experience itself was so rich it was like so intense and so deep and emotional and it was a real vulnerable journey. And I think now, ding, ding, ding. And I think now the idea that it's about to be a product, scare, it's like feels scary. And that like I'm, I'm in there tinkering to make it such. And it, it's like, wait, no, but this is like our life. This is our journey. And now it's for everyone. I mean, I'm really excited it is. I um, am just protective of it, I guess. It's like your gestation of your baby that's about to be born into the world. It is. It is. Life (laughs) imitating art, imitating life sort of thing. Love it. And Liz, how do you feel about it? Are you excited about it coming out? Are you feeling vulnerable? I don't remember anything we talked about um, <laughs> because I had hormone brain the whole time and I have ADHD. I don't know. I, I don't remember what I did like two hours ago. Yeah. So I am probably uh, feeling great about it because I don't remember <laughs> the insane things I, I probably did. But I get like, uh, Monica, you hadn't shared that with me. And, I, you know, I want to create space for that. Like, that, yeah, that that's your, you know needing to go through the it, it again and again knowing how it 
ended and how it went. And and yeah, that's、Ooh. like there's an emotional toll to that. That's that's you know, in addition to all, because Monica is like the hardest working person I've ever met. She edits I, I everything, and and it's such a labor. Like it's it's so much work. So yeah, that's like in addition to that mountain of of, of work that would kind of overwhelm anybody. It, it's also very intimate and personal for you. So I, I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I want it. I'm excited first and foremost, but and I want it to be helpful. Like that's just the. I really hope this is helpful to others、uh, because otherwise,、yeah. what's the point of putting out all this very personal? <laughs> Personal stuff. If everyone else is like, "Why did you do that?"、Uh, but really, it was for us. It was the journey, and so that—that's kind of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. And on behalf of those that are, you know, entering into this journey, I would—I would thank you for them. But I'm sure that people are going to be able to reach out to you. How can everyone get to you and follow you? Because you have. So many amazing things going on. Where's the best place to follow you, Monica? I know it's not Monica's TikTok. on TikTok. No, TikTok. Monica Patman. <laughs> you can find Monica Patman、uh, on TikTok on my TikTok. <laughs> yeah, there you you'll、go. find some、okay. videos there.、Okay. Yeah, follow Liz's TikTok. Okay. And Instagram. <laughs>、yeah. Okay. All right. And Liz, then where where we find you on many things. Yeah, I'm Liz Plank on TikTok. I'm feminist tabulous on Instagram and Twitter and Be Real. I'm Liz Plank. I'm trying to get Monica on Be Real. She doesn't no, know what it is. I'm not on that either.、Liz. Should we do it, Monica? Should we do it? You I'm can not on do、Be、it.、Real. I'm gonna take a break from all of this TikToking. I don't know.、Um, I don't know. And- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, one is enough for me. Instagram is enough. I really like Instagram, but that's like that's all I can、yeah. take. It's good. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably for the best. No, it it makes you a more well balanced human being. But listen to the podcast. Whether you're thinking、oh, about freezing your eggs or you know someone who is and you know going to go through the process, I I really think one of the hardest things is is how you know. Again, isolating it can be to do it, and how there's just like a lot of things to think about. And the greatest gift was having Monica to do it with me, and so hopefully can provide that kind of community for women who, yeah, went through it, want to go through it, are going through it, or the men that love a woman who's going through just it. Just want to know about it. Yes,、right. yes. It's、right. it's so much more than a. It's it's about so much more than just egg freezing, right? Like we just、yes. go into so many. It's a yeah, female、topic. experience, and so I do think for it,、yes. it's beneficial and minimally, I hope, interesting for any woman because I think there's relatable、yeah. stuff across the board. And it is it is that visibility that you guys are speaking about, and to and Liz even mentioned like it is almost like a family experience too. In case somebody、yeah. is you know with a partner and they're making that、yeah. decision or、oh, whatever,、yeah. like men can always come and in, come into y'all's content and. And sort of be there as a part of that conversation. I mean, educational process. It's I don't know、yes. what more what a better hobby would be trying to find a fantasy football league, you know, or actually <laughs> understanding your partner and what they're going through. Like I don't good life yeah, decision. I useless think you could probably、decision. do both, men. You could probably do and、both. you、mm-hmm. can if you have the time. Yes, if you、yep. have the time. Okay,、right. one of those、yep. will get you laid, though. The other. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yes, Liz. Yes, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for your time. I know y'all are very, very busy, and、thank、it means、you. so much to me to make your acquaintance in this way. And I will be supporting you all the way. Thanks, if you ever need anything, yes,、awesome. I'm so happy to to have met you and to and I and I love you. So there you go.、Oh、right back at ya. Thank、you
Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham, and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. <laughs>